Welcome to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to step into the life God has for you. For more information about our church, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com. Good morning, church. We are so glad that you are joining us this morning for Church Online, and we hope that you guys have had an awesome Christmas celebration. Hey, we wanna thank you for just joining us online this morning. A lot of people have asked the question, why Church Online following Christmas? And the reality is that if your life is like my life, for weeks now, my wife has been asking the question, hey, Luke, in the evening, can we go look at lights or can we attend this event? And over and over and over, I have told her, hey, I just have to get through this next thing. And what we realized a few years ago that as a church and as leadership, we were not modeling what it meant to take a Sabbath rest So collectively and collaboratively, we have turned our focus at the end of the year to take a Sabbath rest, to model that, and to show appreciation and honor to all of our volunteers who worked so hard throughout the year to make our Sunday morning worship experience is so special. So thank you for your cooperation and thank you for your prayerful support. You know, this morning when I woke up, I asked the question of myself, you know, what do you get someone who seems to have everything? We all have that family member or that friend who in our lives, when we are considering what to get them for Christmas, it seems like they already have it. Solomon was much like that. When you look at Solomon's life throughout Scripture, He was a man that had tremendous wealth. He was a man that had tremendous power and tremendous influence. Scripture says that he had over a thousand wives, so he had tremendous companionship. He was an individual that he was a man's envy and he was a woman's desire often. Yet Solomon He lacked something, and we have privilege to take a unique perspective this morning, to lean into the wisdom of Solomon and to learn from his words this day. Solomon left us with three books. He left us with the Song of Solomon, and this was written from the perspective of a young man who was absolutely in love. And then he left us with the Proverbs, and this is written from the perspective of a father whose desire is to give his sons and daughters some words of wisdom. And then we have Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes, it is written from the perspective of an old man who has lived much life. And unfortunately for Solomon, He has great and overwhelming regret. So if you will, if you have your Bibles this morning, if you will join me in Ecclesiastes chapter four, we're gonna be picking up in verse nine and we're going to read through verse 12. Now, strangely enough, many of us have heard this verse in this chapter 
at weddings. But in case you're single or in case you've never been to a wedding before, hear the word of the Lord this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter four, beginning in verse nine. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, they are in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? In verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and easily defeated. But two can stand back to back and they can conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Once again, in every measure imaginable, Solomon, he seemed like he was living the dream. He seemed like he had achieved and acquired everything that culture and society and our world tells us that we should strive for and that we should try to acquire. Society tells us and culture reminds us that if we can just get these things, then we'll be happy. But upon further reflection, Solomon, he concludes at the end of his life that it is relationship, it's people that really matter. And he says that two are better than one. A question that many of us have spent the majority of our lives struggling with we have asked the question of ourselves, who is that one person? Who is that individual in our lives that we can truly count on? That if we call them at three o'clock in the morning, they're gonna pick up the phone to, to quote the great philosopher Jay-Z, who is your ride or die, right? In Solomon, if we look at his life, he really didn't have that person. He didn't have that person that, he could count on. He didn't have that person that no matter what, no matter where, they would always be there for him. Have you ever asked that question of yourself? And let's, in this moment, let's take away the, the spouse or, or your children. That's a given. But who are those individuals in your life that you can count on? that they've told you that they love you and you know that they do because they continue to show up amidst the storms of life. Let's even get a little bit more personal. This morning, I, I wanna reverse that question for you. And I wanna ask, who is it in your life that you are for? Who are you standing in the corner with who is that individual that no matter what, you're taking them with you? Who in your life are you refusing, no matter what, no matter where, to leave behind? You see, the true tragedy of Solomon's life is that in somewhere in his life, during a season or during a stage, he concluded that he was enough that he didn't need anyone else. But yet what we see is an old man reflecting upon that conclusion, he was in error. 
and what Solomon concludes and what he leans into you and I this morning and what he yells to the top of his lungs is don't do life alone. But instead of us asking the question, who can we count on? Who is there for us? Let us instead ponder the question, who are we for? Who are we standing with? So the words of Solomon says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. In other words, if you wanna know the secret to happiness and joy and contentment and satisfaction, it's not in the resources that we acquire It's not in the reputation that we gain. It's not in the notoriety that we have in the community. It is instead, it is found in relationships. It's found in coming alongside one another. It is found in loving each other well. And one of the ways that we can really tell who we are loving well and what we are loving well is how we spend our time, how we spend our treasure, how we spend the things that our resources have allowed us to acquire over a given amount of time. One of the reasons people hate giving talks, generosity talks, is because we know that generosity, it actually reveals where our heart is, where our heart dwells. Who are you building life with? What are you investing your time and your energy, your time, your treasure? How are you spending your one and only life here on earth? As we pick up in verse 10, Solomon says, if one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, they are in real trouble. I've lived enough life to realize that it's not the strong people that never fail. It's, it's the unkind, it's the uninvested, it's the individuals who believe the lie that this world and this life, it is all about myself. You see, the kind person, the loving person, the generous person, the person who has chosen to invest their one and only life here on earth in others by giving their life away, When they fall, people are quick to come alongside them, quick to pick them up out of the mess, out of the hurt, out of the pain, out of the unforeseen circumstances. This is the beauty of doing life together. So instead of asking the question, God, who are the people who are going to help me in my time of need? Maybe you should ask the question, God, who are you placing in my life so that I can be a hand when they fall down, so I can be a help when it seems like everyone else in the world is running away and running out on them. Who is it that God is putting in your life that he is asking you to steward your time and your talent and your treasure for? Solomon goes on to say, I I pity the one who has no one to help them. Solomon He has experienced enough life that he realizes the pain, the suffering, the sadness, the anxiety of living life apart from community. 
In verse 11, he says, Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? And what Solomon is asking us this morning is, who are you showing up for? Who are you practicing the ministry of presence with when they're hurting, when they are isolated, when they feel alone? Who are you showing up? Who are you fighting for? Who are you refusing to leave behind? Who are you present for? And then in verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and they will surely conquer. What 2021 has told us and reminded us is that life is oftentimes a fight. And we don't want to fight by ourselves. Instead, we want to fight the enemy and fight the circumstances that the world has to offer. We want to fight it in community alongside people who are for us, who love us, who have our backs. So who are you standing with? And then Solomon concludes that three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I love you enough to tell you this morning that Jesus does not need you. He desperately desires a relationship with you. But Jesus doesn't need anything from you. But you desperately need Jesus. And the beauty of community is that in some way, shape, or form, when we love each other well, in our deepest and darkest hour and time of need, when we show up, and we fight for and with people. It is a beautiful reminder of Christ's presence in our life. It is a reminder that we are never truly alone, that Jesus loves you, that he is for you. And this morning, if I asked Jesus the question, hey, Jesus, who are you for? Who are you refusing to leave behind? He would remind us, I refuse to leave you behind. I'm for you. My heart is bent towards you. You see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus declared that he has come, that he lived, that he died, that his body was buried, and that it was resurrected so that we could experience freedom, so that we could experience community, so that we don't ever have to do life alone. So if I have a challenge for you as we enter into the year 2022, it is this, that don't do life alone. We are better together. Iron sharpens iron. It is the brother of Jesus, James, who tells us that bad company corrupts good character. And if that is true, then we know the opposite is true. That when we surround ourselves with people who love God and love us well, then we actually become more like Jesus. 
the responsibility that you and I have to steward this coming year is that who has Jesus strategically and intentionally placed in our lives so that we can come alongside them and remind them of the beauty and the power of community. So church, you don't have to do life alone. We were designed to do life together. In Mount Zion, a long time ago, we decided that we're not gonna leave you behind, that we are for you, that we stand with you, and that we love you. So this has been a beautiful reminder from the pen of Solomon that we are called to do life together. So we can't wait to gather together next Sunday as we proclaim the good news of Christ's coming and as we anxiously and excitedly await for his return. Would you pray with me, church? Hey, Father God, we love you for your grace and for your mercy. We are so thankful for your presence. Father, we commit our lives to faithful obedience so that we can advance the gospel, your kingdom here on earth. But Father, we know that we need your help in that. So Father, find us faithful in all that we say and all that we do. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church podcast. We hope this message has inspired you to take a next step in your walk with Jesus. For more messages or to watch our full worship gathering on demand, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com.